The Burger Creek Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features Craig and Brad from the punk band supergroup, The Suck. Here's their song, Who Brought the Tits? Awesome. So welcome. This is the uh, Burger Creek Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast. Got to do my obligatory little intro thing. I have with me two excellent guests, Craig, Brad. They're from the Suck. The Suck is from Pennsylvania. Um, gentlemen, welcome. So we should clarify. I guess we're from from Pennsylvania and points beyond. Um, <laughs> so we've got ba- Basement is in Ohio. Um, we've got Problem down in Delaware. And the rest of us are in fact, PA boys. That's true. Excellent. So, I mean, can, yep. can can one say that the suck is like a super group? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if, if if we're super, you could call us that. But no, I don't know. Um, we've we've all known each other off and on for quite a few years and played in bands. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's our own version of a super group. How about that? That sounds yeah, something like that, right? Um, the alien. It was uh, kind of the guy that that pulled from a bunch of different directions, a, a bunch of different people that he either had played with over the years, or who you know other bands that his bands had played with, and uh, pulled this kind of crew of guys together. And that's that's how it all started. Excellent. Look at me, I'm half-assed journalist at work. Didn't even fucking know that you guys were spread out across the eastern seaboard and parts of what middle America, essentially. Um, <laughs> Quick question: How do you guys combat um, being a band but not being in the same city? Like, how how does that impact like the writing process, practicing things like that? Craig, you want to go? Yeah, sure. So, like, I guess basically the way w- that we start is mainly Alien comes up with ideas. Actually, that's not true either. Me or Brad or Alien will come up with ideas and kind of start to pass them back and forth. Just you know, via the internet, mm-hmm. and we basically get, I don't know, everybody, I would say adds their ideas and stuff throughout that process, but that's pretty much just how it's always been for us. Um, I mean, we played together, you know, a handful of times, but it's mo- it's mostly just like on our own learning the songs, you know, making sure you got everything down with, with, re- with these demos mm-hmm. that we do, um, and then we... I mean, we kind of record the albums and, you know, we record together them, but it's still a bit pieced together, like, you know, in different places and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. I think um, the the first time that I met a couple of the guys um, was the day that we recorded our first single. Uh, everything up to that point had been done just exchanging files and uh, – yeah, I guess it was. Craig, you and I knew each other. I had met Bo 
Problem, the first time I ever met Problem was on the day that we recorded the single. Uh, but everything else had been done over the internet. That was it. Interesting. Yeah. I think me and me and Alien and Brad, or I mean, me and Alien probably knew the every member the most, at least a little bit. But, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It was, it's not like we didn't know each other at all. We absolutely knew who each other were or whatever. But just, you know, being a long distance apart, like, didn't really hang out as much and um it was like these these people that play in this band though were purposely picked out like it wasn't just random or anything like Mm -hmm. this was aliens idea um the other thing i was gonna say like the closest thing that we did together before is like johnny alien and bo basement did play in lebowski's with me at one point or actually a few different points but so that was the closest that like members of the stuff played together yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, some lineage there, kind of carried over. A little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting too. I, I, I like how you kind of phrase that, where it's like there's no random mem- members of the suck. Everyone that's there is essentially they were meant to be there. They were meant to be a part Absolutely. of the band. Absolutely. Do you find that because you have some sort of history doing music together, that assists in the writing process and in kind of shaping your songs and, and kind of moving that because you guys, you guys essentially all know each other. At the end of the day, we're all have very similar tastes. I, I think out of all of us, um, everybody, everybody's got their own kind of little like diverse spin on things. But I, I think, you know, at our core, we all kind of anchor back to the same things and mm-hmm. we know what we've deliberately gone for from the very beginning. And I think it, it comes together very naturally. Like Craig, Craig and, and Bo, or I'm sorry, Craig and, and alien tend to write the same sort of stuff. I, you know, I'll, I'll contribute lyrically, but usually it's, you know, a concept that one of those guys came up with and, and I'm just kind of pitching in. Um, but we all know what we're going for and all mm. are kind of, you know, very much centered on the same stuff. Now, I've asked this question before, and I, I like going back to it because I find it to be pretty interesting, specifically with the responses. And why I want to ask this for, for the two of you is your band is, you're, you're not a three-piece. There's a decent amount of individuals in the group. So, like, what I'm curious about is for each of you, do you have any influences that people might not necessarily know as an influence, right? We, 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 I always say the same thing. We're all acolytes of the Ramones. We're all acolytes of the Queers, sure. et cetera, et cetera. What are some influences that each of you have that like people don't, they don't know that it's an, it's an influence or it's some, a, a group or an artist that you hold very near and dear to, uh, to you. I would, I would say for me, like, I mean, not like it's that much of a stretch, but I love the replacements. So mm-hmm. I would, I'd probably go with them is one of my favorite bands that's not just Ramones core or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Cause I, like I was saying, it, it's exactly as you said, Lou, you know, we all come with that kind of that, that same nucleus, but you know, Craig's got so much stuff that he's into outside of just, you know, typical Ramones core stuff. I love bands like the humpers, uh, the stitches. And mm. um, I, I come from skateboarding and, and like, uh, a lot of like Southern California skate punk type stuff, early stuff, not not like the the later uh, fat or you know uh, kind of epitaph stuff. But I, I love the adolescence and any of that stuff that that comes from like the surf skate scene. Very cool. 
No, that's awesome. And that's exactly, that's why I asked those questions because everyone, and you, you had said it in your response to everyone has different elements, different nuances that they bring into the band, whether it's the writing process, shaping the sound, whatever it might be. And nine times out of 10, that's a result of influences, right? Shit you've grown up with, you've listened to forever. Yep. So that's why I like to learn a little bit more about kind of the, the secret influences, if you will, even though I hate that term, yeah. but Hey, let's fucking roll with it. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask each of you, uh, again, this is another question for the both of you. It's a bullshit question, but I think it's one of the more important questions. Um, dude, how has rock and roll changed you guys' lives? You know, for me, it's crazy because I think I just kind of touched on it there. I I found music and punk rock and rock and roll through skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, skate, skateboarding brought me to... Somebody slid me a, a tape with plastic surgeon disaster on one side and group right. sex on the other. And, Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> yeah, that was like my my introduction. I was I loved uh, Billy Idol as a kid and and had somebody turn me on to Generation X mm. when I was young. But um, but it was really that that first tape with with group sex and and plastic surgeon disasters and just being like blown away. It was a, a mix of all the right things at the right time it was like mid 80s mm. you know so um it the skateboarding was different then the music was a big part of it uh and everything about it just kind of spoke to me yeah what a what a very interesting split to hear as as far as your first like exposure it's like you got jelly biafra like s- screaming at you and then on the other side it's you know keith morrison circled like that's cr- that's wild to me that that was yeah you drank from the fire hose dude like yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah and it was like totally i was a 12 year old kid like hiding in my bedroom listening to that stuff not wanting my parents to yeah. hear it <laughs> yeah so craig it's what pretty interesting yeah, it's pretty interesting with the stuff too cuz like Bo and I are a little bit younger than the other three guys. So like those guys did grow up with different stuff like Brad mentioned and me and Bo, you know, we grew up with basically Green Day breaking in 94. Like when mm-hmm. when Green Day broke, I think we were probably 12 or 13 years old around that age and that, you know, that's what I mean, that was I at least for me, I won't speak for Bo, who's obviously not talking, but that was for me was absolutely just a game changer. I mean, I always liked music, but when I heard them, it was like, oh man, this is like, this is different. Like, this is awesome. And then I couldn't, I couldn't find a million other bands from them fast enough, like Screeching Weasel mm-hmm. and, you know, bands like Lookout bands or whatever. Yeah. So definitely Green Day for me, but. Excellent. Yeah. And then of course, you know, like, like all the, the punk rock kids, you know, you, you get turned on to that stuff. And then the next thing you know, you've got an instrument in your hand or you're totally. you and your friends are throwing something together. And so, you know, I think all of us shortly after our introduction to, to this world got involved with music and, and then from there that became it, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of the, the thing over, you know, something that went along with skateboarding. It became more like, yeah, you know, I just want to listen to music. I just want to do music and, uh, all that other stuff's on the side. So, Brad, do you still skateboard? I do, not nearly as much as really? I'd like to say I should. But Dude, yeah. that's but, fucking awesome. Yeah, not. I, I don't get out a ton, but um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'll still roll here and there. Have you been to that skate park? I I know like it's feature. It was featured in like a bunch of like old like CKY like videos and stuff. It, it's some, FDR. It is okay. 
Yeah, yeah that's like yeah the one under the bridge. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I live. I'm actually right on the edge of Philadelphia, so that's about I guess six miles from my house or something like that. Oh um, shit. Yeah, I, I haven't been there a whole lot over the last several years, but uh, when I was a little younger, I would definitely go down there when it, the place was starting to get built up, for sure. Okay. So, and, and the reason I ask about this, because I want to ask a question about Philadelphia, and I think this might be better geared towards Craig, but I'm not sure. So, I will address it towards Craig. Craig, sure. what makes Philadelphia sports fans so <laughs> uh, special? Right. Like uh, I, I'm, I'm curious because so I am I am a, I'm not a uh, Philly sports fan. However, I am a sports fan. I'm, I'm a more Colorado like base, like I'm a big Broncos, fan, okay. big, big rocks guy. So, yeah, what what makes Philadelphia fans so unique in your opinion? Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I mean, they uh, they're just so passionate, like it really is. I don't know. It feels like it's their whole life, you know, and, and me included. I mean, I, I love music you know, just as much as I love my Philly sports, but boy, I don't know. I just, uh, those fans just go crazy over it. It's intense. Going to games (laughs) can be like almost scary at times, depending on like how, how big the game is or like who's going to, you know, who, who's in town or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all, it's all of them. I mean, I've, I've seen fights at baseball games. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to just be football. They're nuts. Dude. So yeah. Oh, no, God. I was just going to say when the, the night the birds won the, the Super mm. Bowl, I swear I thought my neighborhood was going to just completely be like disintegrated the next morning. Did either of you guys, was... did either of you guys participate in that like anarchy that was going on? No. no. So I've got friends who were, <laughs> who lived down there and who were in the midst of some of that stuff. And the videos from being like on the ground in the midst of it were, they were insane. Dude, insane. Insane. Yep. Yep. So, I went, I went to the Phillies parade when, when the Phils won it in 2008, but that that's all I ever went down for. And, I mean, at, at that point, that was two days later. Like, it was fun, and it was a huge party, but it wasn't that crazy. I mean, the, <laughs> the craziest thing I think I saw that day was, like, guys renting a U-Haul and, like, had, like, couches and kegs on top of the U-Haul, Jeez. like, sitting there drinking. I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, it was it was relatively tame, I guess, but. That's crazy. It, well, it's it, so actually you, you will appreciate this, Craig. So my first baseball, like my first MLB game, like as a kid, um, well, I wasn't a kid. I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. Anyway, I went to Philly's game o- yeah. over at Vets Field. And oh, yeah. so, so, yeah. And, and I'll give yeah. you an yeah. example of the lineup as to what, who was playing. So the Dodgers were in town. Eric Gagne was still pitching for the Dodgers. Now, oh, okay. now check this out. So Lieberthal was behind the plate, Bobby Abreu, oh. like, it was a it was a pretty excellent lineup. Now, I was and don't hate me. I was a, I was a Florida Marlins fan for like seventeen years, and right. and and I I I had my I separated ways with the org because it just became very evident that Jeff Lee Loria is a piece of shit. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, we so so my experience was like intense. That was my first. MLB game and it was in a city that not necessarily like division rivals right because they're not in the same division yeah. but still fierce dude like I never heard the amount of heckling especially during mound visits when the Dodgers would go <laughs> it was nuts dude it was so much fun yeah yeah I don't know that was at one of those teams just over the years that we always 
clashed well together. I don't know. LA's like their fans are pretty wild too. Not that I've ever been out to, you know, out to a Dodger Stadium or anything, but I've heard stories. Yeah, that's that's a good game. That's a good first game for you at the vet. <laughs> it was a. Uh... It was awesome, man. I was totally overwhelmed. I had no idea what myself and my, I think at the time, my 75-year-old grandmother was getting into. Like, I was just like, hey, I want to go to a baseball game. And, you know, 12, 11, yeah. 12 years old, she was like, okay, well, I'm going with you. I was like, okay. It was like a Sunday. It was a Sunday game. It was it was a lot of fun. But but anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I want to hear from the two, like from your perspective, Tell me a little bit more about, and I don't know if there's a conceptual element to it. Talk to me about Fantasy Beer League. I know it's a song. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, it, did this birth out of, like, a physical thing? Like, what? T- tell me about Fantasy Beer League, please. Craig, you shoot on this one. All right. So, like, um, it definitely didn't come out of a physical thing. That would be incredible. But, like, incredible. I don't know. I think, like, um... I don't, I think fantasy sports are pretty stupid. I'm not Mm -hmm. really into it. And as big as a sports fan as I am, I just don't really like it. And I have no idea how we got on this subject one night, but it just seems like a general suck thing to do where we'll just start talking about something or something comes up. And, you know, so I, I think I came up with the title, like fantasy beer league, like as a joke, like, you know, these leagues are stupid. Like we should have one with beers and like, draft beers and i don't know just yeah it's all it's always nonsense but like we get a kick out of it and all and all laugh <laughs> dude i it's funny you mentioned that so like i've had and i'm sure you guys get the same thing i get at year after year i got i got my buddies like dude join fantasy football join fantasy football i was oh, in, absolutely dude i was roped into fantasy baseball for like the better part of a decade and I was yeah. finally just like, I can't fucking do this shit anymore. I'm getting tired of it. I'm like, I got to watch yep. like all the 162 fucking games. I got to, you know, I'm tracking all these players, whatever. There was upsides and downsides. Definitely. But like, I was wondering if, so, so it birthed out of like basically making fun of fantasy sports. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I, w- I would say pretty much that's where the idea brewed. And obviously the, the lyrics, honestly, I came up with the song title. I did. I don't think I did any of those lyrics. I'm pretty sure that was all Alien and Brad, and they're hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed looking back that we didn't print the lyrics for the album because they're all freaking ridiculous. They're so good. <laughs> I hope I hope people actually listen closely and try and get most of the lyrics down because they're they're awesome. So I will be honest with you. If you guys were to come up with a way to literally create a fantasy beer league because I think it can be done. <laughs> I, I, I think it can be done. And I, I would definitely join said league, even though I'm like right. mega lukewarm. Like I think that could be pretty awesome. I don't know how the fuck you'd monetize on it. And even if you couldn't monetize on it, who gives a shit? The idea itself is like fantastic. So kudos to a thing. That's not a thing, but it's a song, but it could be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like could be a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Now, I know, obviously, um, you know, you guys have history playing in other bands, obviously, Craig with the Lebowski's. But what I'm curious about predating, I want to hear about tell me about the first bands that you guys were in. How shitty were they? You know, what what did you <laughs> just give me? I want to hear I want to hear some <laughs> some some literal war stories from like your first because I got them and I want to hear what you guys. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys yeah. have. Craig, I'll shoot because you're yeah, gonna be go- your your story is way better than mine. 
I, I started, uh, I think I was probably 14. And uh, some of the guys that I stayed with, you know, one of the guys was drumming. One of the guys played guitar, like grew up in a family that was musical. And uh, he, he played guitar and they talked me into getting a bass. And um, I played bass in that band for, I don't even know how long it ended up being, probably no more than like six months or something. Um, but we called ourselves Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. And um, we were super into the alarm. And really, like, all we wanted to do was play, like, the alarm. Um, but it was it was a wild time, you know? I think it, that's all of us fell in love with the Misfits around that time, too. Very nice. And then it started to kind of shift that direction, but um, it never really amounted to much. It, it looped back, and I ended up being uh, the guy that played guitar and started that band um, ultimately went into the Army, and that ended up being the first band that I sang for. I, like, rejoined them years later. No shit. Well, so let me ask you this. You said you were like kind of switched into being like, or whatever, flowed into being like heavily in, influenced by the Misfits. Are we talking like Graves era or are you strictly Danzig? Like when you say influenced by the Misfits, it's like, I want yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. It was definitely Danzig era Misfits. Um, there was no Graves era Misfits yet at that point. Okay. Well, um, that's what I was, I should have asked what year yeah. it was. That's what I, I'm a yeah. fucking dick. But anyway, thank no, you. No, that's all right. It was <laughs> like mid late eighties, I guess is when it would have been. Yeah. Hmm. So excellent. That sounds awesome. Um, now what was it specifically? What was it about the Misfits? Why the Misfits? That's what I'm curious about. Because everyone know, has a, so, everyone has a different Misfits like story. What about the Misfits? Why, why the Misfits? To me, it was like totally the the melodies, and I love uh, Danzig's voice. Yeah, and I've always been like I always wanted to sing. I always loved singing along to records, and um, and it just the the melodies in those songs were just so damn catchy. Yeah, awesome. So my my first band, I was um, I was. 15 years old i think or 14 and it was called fratricide which is a ridiculous name and we didn't last long but i did play with bo that's the drummer of the ah, suck there's a tie-in there's a lineage me lineage. me and bo me and bo have been buddies forever and like yeah that was our first band we were terrible and then we started a few after that um by the time my 12th my band in 12th grade, like we actually weren't that bad. Like, I don't know, you know, this was 10th grade and by 12th grade, the band was, it was decent. I'm not that ashamed of it. I'll, I'll send you the album. Like, it's really not that bad. I mean, I was, I was a kid, like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's what, what else do you want? You know, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, yeah, it was good times. Like for sure. We just loved playing and I don't know. I think we've always pretty much been Ramones, honestly. That's just who we loved, and that was, like, all it ever was. And I guess we swayed a little bit here and there, but, you know, it, the Ramones were always number one for sure. Now, when I sat down, I talked with I've, – I've, I've asked this question a couple times, and I want to – I'd like to get, at the very least, both your guys' opinion on this. So when I chatted with uh, Jimmy from the Vapids – I asked him, and I've asked this a couple times, but I'm curious about, like, so Ramones. We can all talk about the Ramones until we're fucking blue in the face. Sure. Are, are there any eras of Ramones that when you first heard it, it didn't resonate? 
didn't stick. But the more time you spent with it, it started to click. You started to, oh, okay, okay, I, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's such a wide, it's such a huge fucking catalog of music. Yeah. You know, even, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll start here quick because it's going to be quick. No, like I love the, (laughs) yeah, I love the Ramones. I love all of it. There's different times I want to be into a different album, you know, like it, because it does have a different feel to it. But no, they're just awesome all the way through. Yeah, and this is the one that'll get me in trouble with lots of folks. But uh, honestly, when I first heard the Ramones, I was so like knocked sideways. I was one of those those kids who was like, "Whoa, what is this? This is so different." Um, and it took me a little while. I I grew to love them, and I probably grew to love them through coming back to them. Uh, um, you know, when when things like screeching weasel really started to catch and Mm -hmm. and then at that point in my life i was like you know what i gotta give this another shot and um and really was kind of late to to the ramones no i don't i don't i don't think but just keep just keeping just keep in mind for brad though again like when when brad and and alien and problem like they probably heard the ramones a heck of a lot earlier than i did like i i think i heard the ramones first with like maybe Mondo Bizarro. Like I had no idea. I didn't know the Ramones when Dee Dee was in the band. I mean, I'm not that like, I'm not old enough to have even known that or whatever, you know, like, right. I just feel like that's something that needs to be said. Like it's a huge difference of like getting into a band, like it at that point of their career or whatever, like they were basically coming to an end. I was lucky enough to see the Ramones once and really for, for them quitting what 25 years ago now like that's i was 15 years old like i'm lucky i even got to see them once but yeah, yeah. twice here um it's crazy yeah once once in baltimore once in harrisburg strangely enough that's crazy well and, and, and the reason i bring that up too is i know you said it's like oh i i love all of it it's like the specifically like for me it's like my of course you hear the singles you grow up hearing them, whether it's in movies, you hear them in compilations, you hear them because of a friend, little Steven's fucking underground garage. I don't give a shit. Like you hear the, oh, yeah. the songs in some way, shape or form. But like my first album purchase, like proper was actually Pleasant Dreams. And I, I which was I, I fucking love that album. But oh, it's so good. It's great. Now, I, I and this is what I wanted to ask you. Like, so for me, so I I'm I'm curious about like. For for your first full length album, what was the first exposure? I know you said Mondo Bizarro was yours. Um, was that different? Uh, that was let's see, that was that was Craig. Is that different for you? Yeah. No, my, I'm the Craig, yours was I'm my, sorry, I'm sorry. My, I'm sorry. I'm the one that said yeah. yeah. Mondo was probably the first one I heard. So Brad. yeah, I I think that's it. Yeah, ninety two. <laughs> The first I heard was the self-titled, was you know the the debut, and it was uh, the guy that that I played with, the guitar player that I mentioned previously. He he was like, "Yeah, you gotta listen to the Ramones, man." And I was like, "I don't know, dude. This is crazy." <laughs> but it was it was the self-titled. I mean, you you got the you got the cream of the crop though at that point. Yeah, you know, it's what yeah, kind of changed everything. Um, but no, it's the, the part of the reason too. I ask about that is it, for me, it's always like by the time I get to like Subterranean Jungle, 
and then Animal Boy, it's always like uh, production wise, but it's still fun. There's still rewarding songs on there. But again, oh, the, yeah, but in, in, in Too Tough to Die is one of my favorite. That's like one of my favorite like records, like just hands down is not even Ramones, just in general. Like I love that album of the speed behind it. I, I like what Richie brought and Richie's just a fucking he's he, he's awesome. And I, I'll stop sucking mid 80s dick of the Ramones for two <laughs> seconds. Um, but uh, but thank you for shedding a little uh, little light on that. I'm I appreciate it. Um, what can we expect uh, from the suck in the second half of 2021? Any news that we should be aware of? This is kind of the time to, to plug whatever it is that you want to plug. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I can tell you right off the bat that like both of our LPs, like incognito and Boris sprinkler are getting repressed and that comes out next Friday, June 11th, I believe. Thank you. God. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think that's what uh, what we're looking at right now. Thank God. But out, but outside that, I mean, Boris just came out a couple months ago, so we have a lot of things that we're talking about, you know, internally, and and they're gonna get, you know, they'll get here sooner than later. But you know, so just living, riding out this LP for now, for sure. But I definitely was not kidding. I know I commented on your one of your posts. But like, I think it was someone had posted like, yeah, I bought like nine copies of Boris Sprinkler. And I'm like, that's why I couldn't fucking buy anything. That's why, <laughs> that's why this shit sold out. Like, it's just one of those. It, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you guys like, because the album is fucking awesome. Um, and thanks, thanks so thanks, much, man. man. No, yeah. not, yeah. not a problem. And I'm definitely getting one of those fucking represses because I buy, I buy this shit to listen to it. I mean, it's, that's just, that's the, the name of the game for me. Um, Absolutely. As an aside, before I move into the this last question, so um, I, I I don't know if you, I mean obviously you have a song about fucking Jay Prozac. I'm I'm in the Sonic Diffusers. I play bass like in his little like side project and shit, and I've done some work with him like just playing like bass yeah, stuff for cool. his solo stuff. Awesome guy. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about when you guys were talking about like Jay Prozac on a BMX bike, like. That shit's and I don't know if it was one of you guys. And you said Alien like does a, like a lot of the lyrics or he has ideas. Was that yeah, Craig? Yeah. Was that you that wrote those lyrics? No, that was all Alien. God damn I mean, it. as far as I as far as I yeah. know, that was all Alien. That was um, all Alien. That was but all Alien. Totally. Me, me, and Alien and Bo have known Jay for years, um, and that was basically through Lebowski's. Mm-hmm. And Jay is such a nice dude, and he. Like he even hooked us up like with that um that Cabana One label. They they were somewhere out of California, you know, years ago, like maybe mid two thousands, and we did like a four four way split and uh the Prozacs were on it. And the Prozacs have been down here a bunch. Mm. We unfortunately never made it up their way. We just didn't play out of town that that much. But Jay Jay is an awesome dude and like I don't know, like it just I don't that was all alien. It really was. I wish I could speak for anything, but like that was it's so cool. Alien killed it with that one. He really did. The best part is it's like I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> like I know exactly what he's talking about. And yes. it's the what's funny about that too and and I'm wondering like does anyone in the band like have old like not polaroids but fucking cam you know old film that they went and got pictures developed that fucking phase or records oh, or whatever you know what i'm saying like, totally yeah yeah he, yep. 
he almost seems like this like i don't know like crypt keeper of like memories preserved in like you know photographs like I, jay that, what's that you're saying jay or whatever yeah, yeah i'm saying jay he really he really is though i mean like the dude's been around forever he's been in the same type of scene forever albeit bmx or like skateboarding like brad or punk rock like and it, yeah it's just amazing like the i don't know to hear all the stories and like see all the pictures and whatnot it, it's a trip yeah it's always very interesting but yes we definitely have all that old crap too like i mean yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Now, I know you said you're kind of like riding out the, the, the record kind of for the remainder of uh, 2021, or you're going to see this out as soon as possible. There's a lot of chatter. Um, any plans to do shows, or are you not thinking that far ahead? I know everyone is touch and go on the whole concept of shows, but like any, in, and you guys are fucking in different states. So like yeah. any plans for that? So I, I think it leaked out at some point, I think it maybe came up in conversations or on another podcast that when the pandemic hit, we actually had plans. Um, so we were friends of the rock and roll manifesto podcast. And Greg was planning a 10 year anniversary show, a couple days event here in Philly. And we finally had agreed. We were, we were all set. We were uh, getting together, practicing and planning on, on playing that event and uh, then the pandemic hit hmm. and so you know we don't know there's no plans right now um you know that that ship kind of sailed and it, it's it's hard to get all of us to agree on something being the right time and the right place and the right way to do it sure no that's Is that fair craig anything Absol to add there yeah no absolutely i mean i don't know I don't know if you realize, Lou, but we have we haven't played any shows before. Like we just, you know, it it was never really our intentions. Like our intentions with this band was like to get a group of dudes together and record an EP, and it went over <laughs> so well. Yeah, it went over so well. We were like, well, hell, fuck, this is fun. Let's let's do an album. Why not? You know, and it it just kind of kept growing from there. And we never really had intentions of playing live. And then like you know, we did, it was, ex and we were kind of excited about it. But then again, the pandemic hit, like Brad said, and now I don't know. I mean, there's certainly no plans in the near future, but who knows? Well, that, that was the one thing I kind of struggled with, with doing research leading up to this is I was like, have these guys played a fucking show? Like I, <laughs> I was like trying to like, you know, go through like, well, what, what can I find? via like any any entries like on facebook or whatever it might be like just trying to find something um but no that's that's very interesting so just as an aside and it's funny you mentioned that like your first show was supposed to happen and the fucking pandemic happened this whole burger creek thing i've played in bands for years this whole burger creek thing was expressly created to book shows in albany that was it i didn't have any intention uh -oh. to fucking launch a podcast but i'm a sick human the fucking pandemic happened. I'm like, I love talking <laughs> with musicians about music. I'm just sure. going to fucking do it. It's a good way to like bookend like, all right, artist profile. And then here's a song in completion, you know, front to back or whatever. Here's a complete song at the end of the podcast. It's a good way to like, you know, learn about the artists and then hear a song discovery. That's all it is. Right. But, um, 
so so here we are now. It's fucking you know we're in June of 2021, and I'm season three. I'm still doing this shit, but I love it. You know, so it's, it's awesome. It's interesting to hear that like you guys have you know you still haven't played the show. It's kind of I mean it's for not having played a show. The music up to this point uh, is is still fantastic. So hopefully hopefully the stars align and you know things uh, things work themselves out. But you brought up the uh, that that self titled uh, EP, that first EP, right? You guys got together to record an EP, and yep. I wanted to talk about the song Biff. Now, <laughs> was that not written by either one of you? That was all Alien. I think that was uh, Alien. I might yeah. I might have thrown a little something in there, uh, but it was it was definitely you know. It, if if at all, it was probably 95, 98% alien. Yeah. So are both of you guys like big Back to the Future fans? It's okay to say no. I'm just curious. Oh, no. Ab- absolutely for me, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. Okay. For sure. It's one, like the first one in particular, that's like, that is one of my favorite, like top 10, like just all time favorite movies. That's, that's up there. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put you guys on the spot. If you had to write a follow up to that track, but using only material, lines, quotes, etc., from part two, who would you write that song about? Would wow. it still be about Biff, or would it be about somebody else? Damn. That's a tough question. I know, I know. I told <laughs> you is, I'm putting you on the spot. Tough, that is a tough question on the spot. That's funny, though. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think people have done enough to really dig into George McFly. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. Dude, he was there's, a peeping. Something... Dude, he was a peeping Tom. There's a whole like he... thing we need to explore there with that. Yeah, there's there are things to, to unpack. Let's go. Let's go. Cause I'm fifth. 